I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Welcome back to the podcast. It's your boys. It's Lonnie and Dylan. How you doing today, Lonnie? I'm doing pretty well, Dylan. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. But I would be, I would be even better if you would tell me what the podcast is about. Have you forgotten? Yeah, I always forget. Damn it. Okay. Every I'll, week, mate. Okay. Listen this time, okay? Okay, fine. <laughs> this is a podcast where we, you and I, take journeys through life, pop culture, everything in between. Generally, one of us is in charge of the journey and the other person is along for the ride. Today, I'm on the journey. You're in charge. Where are we going? Well, Lonnie, let me put this to you. Controversy. It's a big thing. It's Mm -hmm. a crazy thing. Happens Mm -hmm. all the time in this crazy world of ours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want the official definition? It's a prolonged public disagreement or heated discussion. Okay. A lot of people have been exposed to controversy and controversial topics throughout the years. But you know what hasn't happened, Lonnie? Mm. Some of those topics, they haven't gotten our opinions on them. Okay. So you know what? I think I want to discuss some controversial topics with you today. Right. I want to get inside that little head of yours, a little cheeky head of yours, and I want to see what you really think about these topics and if you can better the world and put an end to the debate right. around these things. How's that sound? Okay. I'm one beer in. I'm opinionated. So you're loose. You're loose. You're loose. You're ready to tell the world. I'm a privileged white guy, and I think it's about time people (laughs) knew what I thought about things. But a podcast and everything. First time for everything, right? (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Yep. Let's go through them. This one's a bit specific, but Mm. I'll broaden it once we go through it. Okay. Uh, The movie Titanic, yeah? Yeah. It existed, it happened. We saw the 3D pre-release, didn't we? You mean uh, Pepsi? Nora, hold Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, we saw it in 3D, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. CGI, 3D fish and everything. Is your controversial topic re-releases of films? Because that would be on point. We can start with that. No, it's all right. We can start with that. <laughs> How do you feel about films being changed and updated over the years? Um, I know for that one in particular, the Neil deGrasse Tyson had a, a big debate with James Cameron. Have you heard about this? No, no. What the fuck was that? Mean? <laughs> it was to do with like the stars in the sky during the the nighttime scenes. <laughs> and he kept telling him, "Is like, no, the stars weren't like that. We know what date it was, and the stars wouldn't be where they were." And Apparently, he just kept fighting him off, and eventually, when it got re-released, he put the stars correct, and Neil was very happy about it. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that is not 
That's not okay. Shut up, Neil. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he had a problem with like the physics of the ship sinking, which I could kind of understand. No. But who looks at the fucking stars in the sky and is like, like yeah, you know what? That's that, that's a bit off, you know. <laughs> Orion's belt's a bit slightly up center, you know. We did apparently, like and, and I think I think James Cameron probably just changed it just to make you stop getting phone calls and <laughs> tweets from this guy. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean. That's, I guess that's not a bad change. It doesn't take away from the film itself. Yeah. Which is fine. In general, though, I kind of feel like at a certain point, the film's released, that's the film. You don't have to go back and change it, you know? Yeah. Probably the most famous version of this, I guess, would be Star Wars mm-hmm. with George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, made many changes throughout the years. I think probably the one that everyone hates the most is Episode Four. Well, even that. Calling it episode four in New Hope rather than just Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. That's one off the bat. Adding bad CGI to it. Uh, changing how you know, Han shot first, which he did. Yes. But now he didn't. There's a bit... Cause I've shown these to Sine. When I say shown, I mean, she hadn't seen them before. We watched them together before the, the sequel trilogy came out. Um, and on Blu-ray, all you can get is the updated version, so not from the 90s, I believe. And... There's that one bit where they're in the desert on Tatooine and there's like a giant monster that takes up the whole screen as, as the camera's panning across. And I remember her looking at me and she's like, what's that? Why is that there? And I was like, oh, I think that was a change they put in later. And she's like, why would you put that in of all the things you could put in? No one knows. No one knows today. <laughs> Absolutely pointless change. A, a lot of them are. Like, yeah. you know, some of them are good, but yeah. I think the main issue is when you change a film and then just say, no, no, this is this is the film now. We're not going to keep that old version that you mm. can choose to watch at your own leisure. This is now the film you love. Accept it or you get nothing else. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's the idea of like releasing a special black and white version or something like that maybe or, you know, updates when like you can... It's an old film and they've, they've scrubbed out all the bad audio and they've recolored it to look nice. So that, that's a bit different, but you're right. It, yeah. This is what it is now. And if you liked the first one, you were wrong. That's a bit different. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I was watching like, because um, I own the whole James Bond collection on Blu-ray. Good. And I watched some behind the scenes stuff. And they're talking about how it was a big task to like clean it up for like mm. Blu-ray and everything, especially those old 60s ones. Yeah. The 70s. It's very hard. Um, and they got to the point where they were like, do we actually fix up mistakes in the movie? And one of the examples they used, I think it was from, I think it was from a Roger one. Mm. I think it was Live and Let Die. Basically, he's having a fight in a room and there's a bit where a mirror gets smacked in the middle of the fight. And then the angle turns, you can actually see just the cameraman straight up in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. In the reflection. Yeah. And they said, we saw that and we had to make the choice of whether we scrub that out with CGI or mm. do we just keep it in. End of the day, they kept it in, money. Yeah. Keeping the integrity. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So I think that's the right way to go. Either you keep it the same or if you do insist on changing it, make the original versions available. What's the harm sure. in that? There's no harm. I think if they did that now for Star Wars, release the original versions of them on on Disney Plus, people would go crazy for it, wouldn't they? They would, and I, it's it's free money. It really is. <laughs> it doesn't cost them anything, yeah. 
No. It, it, I don't want to think he's this petty about the original versions, but maybe George had it in his contract mm. when he sold them Star Wars. Yeah, like, I've heard that. You can't, you, you can't release those original versions. Um, unless they're, they literally don't exist as well, potentially. But you think it'd be somewhere, surely. There's no way. He would not have just fucking set fire to those original reels. Surely, George. Joker style with like the, the big stack of money. <laughs> just watching the world burn. Exactly. Exactly. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, we came to a pretty good consensus there. But the reason I brought up Titanic in the first place. Yeah, sorry, I kind of sidetracked us. <laughs> no, no, I, I was going to segue to that. So we're just segueing back in reverse. Okay, yeah? cool, cool. Beep, beep. Was that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Look, if you're going to commit to making reverse truck noises, you got to go hard, mate. Yeah. I could feel the doubt when you said it. You got to go meep, meep. You know? Okay. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Thank you. Okay. Good for you. Good job. Was Titanic in bad taste? It's a good question, Dylan. It's a good question. Um, especially like, saying that, so you go. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. In any movies based on real life disasters or tragedies. Yeah, the thing about Titanic, which it does make me pause, is like putting in a a sleeping melodramatic love story into the middle of this actual event where people died. That's a bit weird to me. Interesting. I thought that makes it better and more acceptable. Really? Yeah, because it makes it that. It makes that the focus rather than the actual disaster itself. Yeah, I mean, because, I, I guess so. Well, at the end of the day, the goal of a movie is to profit, right? Yeah. So if you're purely focusing on the disaster itself and making money off of that alone, I think that's pretty bad. But then you can argue that they're making money really off of this like really intimate love story hmm. where disaster just happens to strike. I guess so. I, I just feel like you think about an event from our lifetime like 9-11. If you made a movie about that in 100 years and made up a love story to throw in the middle of it, how do we feel about that? Is that a bit weird? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing as well. Does timing come into it as well? I think so. I think there was a film made about Titanic like like a month after it happened or something like an early oh, an early silent film yeah very weird jesus yeah that's too soon can i say a month afterwards mm. goodness gracious um it's a very good question dylan and i think it some of it goes to the level of respect the filmmakers show i suppose mm. but there have been other tragedies too where it does feel like it's either too soon or it's like let the let the people involved rest it's not, let's not commodify this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough question. It's a tough question. I don't think there's a right answer for it, though, to be honest. I, I think it has to come down to the, the how rather than the what. There's like, how are you going to do this? Sure. Yeah. So you think if it's tastefully done, it's more respectful? I guess so, but then there's the other question of is any sort of thing like that? Why don't we just make movies that are, that are fun escapism rather than mining a real life tragedy the other hand is like if someone dies in a in a very tragic accident maybe the film can 
bring exposure to that and make sure people know about it and won't happen again. It's very difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, what are they? What's the message of this? You know, don't run ships into icebergs. Like, obviously, no one's going to learn a lesson from that. You know. No, I mean, there are, there are safety things they didn't do properly and. You know, yeah, yeah, arrogance of the people involved potentially. But yeah, no, good oh, point. Good point. Fair enough. Fair mm. enough. Well, keeping up with these uh, changes in films and that that we were talking about before, Monty. Mm. Especially Disney, but others have been known to as well. The old movies, like old racist, sexist, homophobic, prejudiced shows and movies being removed or changed from their original version, should this be done or should they keep them the same? I think we've reached a good middle ground on the various streaming services that still keep the original film or cartoon or whatever it is, but include a content warning at the beginning. I think that is pretty much the best way we're going to move forward with these. There may be the odd thing that is way too offensive for anyone to like to make profit out of, but I don't think they, those sort of um, particularly offensive, um, you know, something like inciting violence or something like that, perhaps if it's important enough and who decides that, I don't know, but if there is some sort of value in, in that um, from artistic or from historical perspective, that should be around somewhere for, for the historians, for the scholars, for the students to be able to watch. But I'd feel weird about a company perhaps making profit off it but is that, that's what Disney does now. They do have the content warnings on Disney Plus for the old cartoons. I, I guess that's that's good enough. That's true. That's true. But they're still, they still change things as well. Do they? Or just don't put stuff on. Yeah, mm. definitely. Like Fantasia I watched the other day. Um, there's this whole part with like, um, like the centaurs and that. And uh, all these like uh, white centaurs had like a a black centaur servant. Mm. Uh, that was in the original release, but mm. they have actually changed it on the platform, even though the content warning's still there. They've changed it. Do you think that's okay, or should they have kept the original version with still the content warning? It's a thorny issue, Dylan, because, as I said before, we want to keep the, the structural integrity and the artistic integrity of Star Wars. Don't put in random aliens and stuff. <laughs> but then... What about when something is, is particularly offensive like this? Do we what's the artistic integrity move there? It's a hard one. Not really sure. What's your view? Well, you gotta learn from the past, Lonnie, so you don't repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing is that you know it's bad. And you know that what's being depicted is not okay. I think That's I, a lesson people should learn from it. I think I think it might have been Ricky Gervais, who you know, we've got a bit of a complicated relationship with him these days. <laughs> I think it might, have been, it might have been someone else, I'm not sure, but it sounds like something he would say. Um, but, you know, at various points over the last 10 or so years, um, people have been tearing down statues of um, figures who are, we, we now know shouldn't be celebrated with statues at various places, you know, slave owners or um, colonisers. And, you know, I think for most of the part, that's fair enough. We shouldn't be having monuments to people we now know their actions caused untold damage and harm and, and whatnot. The, the view of this person, I think of Ricky Gervais, was, no, if you put up a statue of someone who we now know is shit, you keep a statue up to remind you why in the past you were celebrating that person. 
I'm not sure about that. I, I feel like it's a complicated thing because the statue or monument does suggest that we, we're celebrating this person. We, I mean, we think they're cool, so maybe that shouldn't be around. Again, the other idea there is to include something next to the statue, some, you know, some contextual information about why the statue was made there. But there is something about that. It's like, no, you've made the call in the past to celebrate this person. You'll live with it. And that's the way you live with it, maybe, is to have that contextual information. Yeah, I would say that. That's what I was going to say. Put, put, a, put a content warning on the statue plaque mm. or another plaque in like bright red saying warning, you know. Or even if you want to go a step further, maybe like cover it up with a small structure yeah, um, with a warning before you head inside to see it is another option. I, I think, I don't know. I don't have the information, but I can try and find it for our show notes. Um, the various statues of, of slave owners and civil rights, um, people from the South on, on the, during the Civil War. Like Christopher Columbus, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I think in these particular ones, what they were doing was taking the statues from where they were in the public spaces and putting them inside a museum. And so they weren't like destroying them forever. They were putting them in another area where they were able to contextualize why these that's statues were. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Then people. Then people can choose to go and view them. Yeah, um, and they and they know the whole story. Them in public. Yeah. 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 That's that's another solution. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, again, you need to know that this happened in the past so we don't repeat it again. You know. Yeah, there is there is an element of sorry, there's an element of like a company like Disney that's been around for so long is just trying to sweep everything under the rug, like pretend it never happened. Well, again, and, yeah, that's an argument. Yeah. yeah. So, but also, should they continue to profit off these things that we all know aren't cool these days? Difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything that would be issued with a content warning on a streaming service, I would say never advertise it on the front page. Mm. I would think you would have to actively search for it to find it. Kind of like what... WWE on the network have done with any match or event on Chris Benoit, mm. basically. Um, like it's there if you look for it, but they never actively promote his matches on the front page or you know anything like that. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to do it. And that, that's interesting because that that is showing respect to the victims in that in that context, which I guess we could take that to you know the various racially insensitive. Cartoons from Disney's past, for example. Yeah, that's same sort of same sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose the issue is that a lot of them are like really famous, like Fantasia, Dumbo, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard topic. Hard topic. Lonnie. 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 Death penalty. Where do you stand? I don't believe the state should be murdering citizens. Interesting. Even even the most heinous of crimes, you don't feel there should be death penalty? No, I don't think it works. I don't think... Well, some would argue it, it works pretty good, actually. <laughs> well, what's its purpose? Is, does it deter people? Like, those crimes still committed. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. So, in that, in that sense, I'm not sure if it works in that, in that respect. Um I just don't feel like the the state should be murdering people because then that makes you or I and the government just as bad as the people that 
we're trying to punish. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. And some would argue that, you know, life in prison is worse off yeah. than being killed. So. Yeah, that is a difficult one, though, because if, you know, if somebody did terrible things to you or, or someone I cared for, I don't know if I would be in favour of them being kept alive, if, if you know, but that's why it's not my call to make and that's why we have a, a justice system which is supposed to be fair and impartial. Well, that's why, it's why one individual doesn't run any one country. So. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is that how many times does the justice system get it wrong when you can't bring someone back to life? So that's that. That is a fair point as well. That is a fair point as well. If new evidence comes to light, yeah, and they found out they're innocent. Not to mention gone, people. Gone. And even in the cases where it is very clear that what someone has done, we still hope there is room to change and grow. And yeah, I'm not trying to defend people who've done terrible things, but. Yeah, one of the goals is is people to rehabilitate, which is not what you get when you kill them. Fair point. Fair mm. point. You convinced me, Lonnie. Death penalty, nada. Stay away from it. Thank you. Just throw them in prison and throw away the key, as they mm. say. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Morning. Violent video games cause individuals to act violent in real life. Agree or disagree? I don't think so. Um, I think that's the right answer. (laughs) Well, you know, just the the mere fact how many people play video games which contain violent images. You or I have played these in the past from time to time. Oh, Grand Theft Auto, mate. Come on, prime example. I I was playing that when I was like nine or ten or something. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I was too young, Dylan. I didn't get it that young. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I love the truth of my age, I don't know. Um, And. Not everyone, obviously, given how given how prevalent prevalent these are in, in the world, how many people play them, and the fact that people aren't doing it every day, violent, committing violent crimes to that level, indicates that it's not the case. And video games are there to as a form of escapism. People play them for fun. I do wonder though, does it desensitize some people? But are these people already predisposed to committing violent acts? So. Well, I was going to say, I think if you're a violent individual, mm. you're probably going to be drawn to violent things in general. Yeah. Like violent movies, violent video games, all those kinds of things. 
I think you just can be naturally drawn to them. And so does the video game unlock something or are you already going to be like that anyway? So, yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah. I don't think they in particular should be singled out at the very least. Because there's violent movies out there, you know. Yeah, I mean. Violent songs that incite rioting, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or talk about violent things. It's a tricky one. I think a lot of it, again, is the how. Like, I don't think you're supposed to play Grand Theft Auto and take it as a how-to guide to live your life. Oh, definitely not. And no. those games are they're, they're they're quite funny. They're parodies and they're, they're satirical elements. And it's the same, like, you're watching Goodfellas, you don't become a gangster, generally. Yeah. People don't get the idea that this is what you should be doing with your life, I don't think. Um, but I do think, I don't recall, like, Stephen King wrote a, a book, might have been a novella, about a school shooting, and he discovered that it was inspiring people, like they were actually citing his book as a reason why they did it. And so he pulled it off the shelves and said, no, I'm not going to have this out there in the public domain anymore. So, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a bit different because people were like specifically calling it out, and I think the book was like getting inside the head of someone who was committing that specific crime. It's a bit different than saying playing Mortal Kombat makes me a violent person, but I'm not a kung fu expert, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blow up someone's head with some lightning powers, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And how many of us love action movies, but we're never going to actually be involved in that sort of thing. So, a, a bit of it, it's, it's pettiness, isn't it? It's, it's looking down upon video games because they're the most recent art form and they're popular with kids. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we'll lean towards no for that one. Mm. Lonnie, probably the biggest one today that inspired this one. All this craziness around the Velma HBO Max series. Yeah. What a, what a controversy going on. What a controversy <laughs> going on. Yeah. Basically, for those who don't know, what's happened is they've changed the designs of the game. They made Velma black. Shaggy's now called Norville and is also black. Daphne's now Asian. Uh, Fred's still white. He's still the same. Uh, and no scoop, which, to be honest, should be the main thing everyone should be pissed about. No Scooby-Doo. Look, out. I saw the main thing I think you're going to get to in a moment, and then a couple of days later, someone pointed out, there's no Scooby. Like, we couldn't figure out how to get Scooby involved in this new take. I'm like, well, don't have a take then. It's not Scooby-Doo. Don't have... <laughs> Yeah, don't have a take on Scooby-Doo if you can't figure out how to fit Scooby-Doo in it. Yeah, Jesus. exactly. Yeah. That being said, talk about in general first, and we'll go into the Velma series a bit. Hmm. How do you feel about changing established characters, races, sexuality, gender in general? Look, in general, I don't really mind um, because the original thing still exists, so it doesn't take it away. That's, that's fine. You can still go watch the original Doctor Who, even though there's now a female Doctor Who. You know, it's still, still fine. That's cool. Um, yep. I think in the past, I've said this on my other podcast, I Only Like You in Movies, and I'll say it again here. I'm not sure if I'm still 100% with my previous self here, <laughs> but it was the idea of instead of having a female James Bond, a Jane Bond, if you will, Dylan, 
<laughs> well, actually, well, that's parody. That's well, different. Well, that's what I'm getting at. I think uh, in the past I said something like, instead of having someone called Jamie Bond, Jamie Bond, who then is the female version of James Bond, why not go create a new kick-ass version of a female spy who isn't tied down to just being known as the female version of the male established character? I think there's some merit exactly. in that. I think it's something you know. Lara Croft is a cool character. She didn't have to be defined as Indiana Jones for the new generation as the female version of. You know, that's kind of cool, right? And exactly. your Jane Blonde was you know, a parody and a new take on the character. That's cool. That said, yeah, I don't particularly mind when we do this, especially in, in massive um, franchises where, you know, there have been established characters in the past. I don't, don't mind if there's now a multi-racial version of the mystery gang um, because it's reflecting modern society. A lot of these things were made back in the day when, you know, white men ruled the world and, you know, to a great degree they still do, but at least now we are making some moves towards displaying the the um, ethnic diversity of the world on our screens. So I think that's okay. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing because both sides can use the argument that, you know, race shouldn't matter, sexuality shouldn't matter, gender shouldn't matter. Yeah. It's an odd thing. But I also think it's situational and context is key for each one. Yeah. Really? Because I don't really tend to have issues with it. My main problem is that it mainly comes across as, especially when the big companies do it that own like big franchises and characters. Yeah. It comes across as just ticking a box. Yeah. And it feels lazy and disingenuous. Sometimes, I think our boys on the Weekly Planet podcast. I've mentioned this before. Mason, in particular, on a recent podcast, I remember him saying this. He's saying it's very not taking away anything that happens when if it means something to you, it means something to the writers. When we we might have a new character who is gay, and then that can be cool for representation, and people can respond to that, mm-hmm. and it's really great. There is a part though of somebody in the headquarters has looked at a Excel spreadsheet and was like, if we have more gay characters, we'll get more profit here. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, I mean, that's the driving force behind every company, really, isn't it, really? Yeah. They're mainly looking for profit at the end of the day. And so it's, I mean, more, if it's more profitable to include yeah. diversity. Let's, let's get some diversity, but... Let's do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's also... I like it, like, if it's a what-if scenario... And you change up their origin or you change a key part of their backstory to see what this character would be like and feel like with these different situational details. Mm. I think that's interesting. Like prime example, Elseworld stories yeah. and what if stories in comics. Why not? Like Superman Red Sun. Asked him the mm. question, what if Superman came to Earth, landed in Soviet Russia rather than Smallville? That's cool. But if you're just doing the same thing, the character's the same, same backstory... And just be like, no, they're black now. No, they're gay now. You know, that's just, it's it's very lazy. It's just lazy writing at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right. The, the context is key. It, again, I've said a few times today, it's the how you do it. If you're doing it exactly. with integrity and authenticity, it's going to lead to a better outcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Just at the end of the day, just make new characters. You know, just make new characters. And hopefully these characters aren't defined as being the gay one or the, the black well, one. Well, that's you another know, thing. That's, yeah. Don't make that their primary point of identity mm. as well. 
you know, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. They just happen to be that. They happen to be black. They happen to be gay. They happen to be whatever. That shouldn't be their main focus and main identity. It's funny. I think like something like the the new version of Miss Marvel. I'm saying the new version, not the the new TV show that they've made. That does engage with her being from a Pakistani origin, living in the US. That, that's cool. I liked yeah. what I saw of that show. Um, but it's funny, like that. That has to be addressed there, and it's authentic to the character. But like Tony Stark hasn't doesn't have to worry about identifying as a white guy because he just is because that's normal for him. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two there because you got to treat these new characters just as they are, but also you can't not address the differences. It's a it's a delicate balance, and hopefully yeah. more and more diversity we have in characters. We don't have to think about her as the Pakistani one. We have to think of her as just oh she's a cool character with the the big hands or whatever. Her, Powers are. Yeah. Yeah. And she's her own Ms. Marvel. It's not like they took Captain Marvel mm. and they're just like, no, it's Pakistani now. It's a new character mm. taking on the mantle, but with like different powers, different backstory. They've been speaking a while, haven't they, about um, a new Superman, Black Superman, haven't they? Yeah. But again, that's new an character. Elseworld story. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's not Clark Kent, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, if, if they just wrote a comic... And, like, one day they're just like, no, Clark Kent's black now. Mm. You'd be like, well, he's not, though. <laughs> he's well, what, clearly, you know. What do you think of, of Jeffrey Wright playing Gordon in the latest The Batman? Well, they don't focus on him being black or anything like that. And, again, it's a different, it's like an Elseworld story. True. And, you know, he was black in Lego Batman as well, wasn't he? <laughs> And he's um one of the best actors alive, so go for it. Oh, really? Okay, that's that's a controversial take, isn't he's it? He's up there. No, he's pretty good. He's good in Westworld for a bit, isn't he? Mm. You seen Westworld? First two seasons. I never felt the need to get back yeah. into it. Really, that's interesting. I watched the first season. I thought that was great. Didn't need to go any further. <laughs> Fair enough. From what I've heard, I'm glad I didn't, to be honest. But again, it's situational. Context is key. Yeah. Hmm. One day we'll get there and we'll figure out what we're doing in this crazy world. Yeah, we are still yeah. very much in a period of transition. And of course, they're going to make mistakes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As long as everyone has good intentions and they're trying their best, that's the main thing. Hmm. That's the main thing. That's all the ones I had that I wanted to discuss. Oh, okay. Anything you can think that comes to mind? Or? No, I, I do remember when, when, I, when Stan and I first got together, I, I sent her a list of controversial topics so we could see if we're on the same page or we could at least be close to the same page on these topics. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. We, we've done a bit late in our relationship, Dylan. I did that in the first few weeks with her. I didn't do it until, what, 15 years or so with you? So, hmm. Okay. Alright, well, we got there in the end, didn't we? <laughs> Better late than never, yeah. <laughs> no, good stuff, no, good, good topic. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, and that's the end of the show. Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. You've got to recommend me something to get amongst. Listeners and me, of course. Is that right? Yeah, okay. well, well, what's been All going right. on in your life? Tell me. Well, I'll tell you right now, Wonnie. Hmm. Uh, I recently found on Steam 
an old game that I used to play back in the day called Toonstruck. Have you ever heard of this game? Toonstruck? Yeah, Toonstruck. Struck my tune. Yeah. <laughs> Don't really have any context of what this is. Please tell me. Okay, okay. So it's a point-and-click adventure uh, starring Christopher Lloyd. Hello. Yes, cool. Great. So it's about him getting sucked into like a cartoon world with like all these different characters he's created um, while he's having writer's block on how to write a new show. Yeah. And it's about him like saving that cartoon world from uh, an evil dude that wants to make all the nice fluffy like citizens and bunnies like evil characters. It's just fun. It's a goofy time. He's got a sidekick played by Dan Castellaneta. Yeah. As well, which is fun. And it's just good, a good, fun point-and-click adventure. Well, there you go. I'm, looking, I'm looking up right now on Wikipedia here. Oh, Looks like fun. Hi, oh, mate. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It was one of those things where I was like, "Was that a fever dream? Did I imagine that game?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I just somehow remembered it, looked into it further, came across it on Steam, gave another play. Still holds up. Yeah, good. Great memories from the past. Yeah. So you played it back no, in the day as well, did you? Yeah. Yeah, my mum's friend gave it to me when I was a kid. Uh, and I played it on the computer, on the old CD-ROMs. Mm. You remember those. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun with it back in the day. Um, obviously, technology has moved on, because I think it needed to be on, like, Windows 95 to play. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah but steam brought it back recently i think within the past few years or so and so that's why i'm only rediscovering now but it's as fun yeah. as it's ever been is it just good because of your memories as a child or is it actually good no it's good it's fine okay that's funny <laughs> like there's a butler that's a foot and he's a footler that's pretty funny that's funny right that's funny that's funny no nah, good stuff <laughs> so i reckon get amongst that all right, video game recommendation. Interesting. No, nothing wrong with that, is there? It's I've not done violent, it. everyone. I've done so it before, so... It won't change you. Mm-hmm. Go <laughs> on. I did the cat one. And since then, I've turned into a cat, so... <laughs> good on you. Controversial. Cats, aren't they? No, good no, on you. No, good on you, actually. Oh, well, Lonnie. Wrapping up time. Well, why don't you tell me? Are we on the socials? We're on socials, we're on Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Um, we've got a theme song from Mark the Man Irons. We've got a huge back catalogue, Dylan. Do we? Yes. The episodes we do, we How actually big? release them, and the people who listen to them, and they're still there forever. How good? How big is it at this point? 74 main episodes, 20-odd Christina's. And various, I think on like 15 or 16 specials. So there you go. A multitude of specials. <laughs> say that. Indeed. Um, I want to thank listeners for listening this far. What about Mark the Man? Do we want to thank him for the theme song? Of course we do. Yeah, I, men- I mentioned him already. I mentioned him already, Dylan. It's two oh, thank yous today. Sorry. Jesus. Okay. All right. Too well, many. good for next week then. We won't mention him in your episode okay. next week. Jeez. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Well, until next time, Dylan, I'm going to say I miss you, man. Okay. Thank you. You going to say it back or? I mean, if you're going to force me to say it, I miss you, man. Feels good.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.